I remember um, when I first visited hospitals and uh, visited people who had uh, newborn babies, first child ever in their family. One of the first things they would always say is, I got this baby, but it doesn't come with any instructions. And as newborn parents, we've all understood that. We said, I wish there were some operating instructions. What are we supposed to do? Well, there's not really operating instructions when you get the new baby in your house. However, in life itself, our God has provided us with some life instructions. He's given us a guide to life, and he's given us the ability to be able to read his word and get direction for how we should live our life. And it's called the book of Proverbs. Some have said that the book of Psalms is a book that points us to how we are to act with God. How do we relate to God? And then there is the book of Proverbs, which tells us how we are to relate to one another. And so during this summer, we're going to go through the book of Proverbs. And as we go through this, we're going to get some guidelines for living, some instructions for life about how do I live life? How do I live it with one another? How do I handle money? How do I handle relationships? How do I handle business relationships? How do I handle physical relationships? And on and on and on, you're going to see a myriad of things that God's Word touches right there in the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs, when you think of Proverbs, who is the person you think of that, uh, that wrote most of the Proverbs? Who would you say? Solomon. Because Solomon was the wisest man uh, in the world. Well, In the book of Proverbs, it is made up of mainly Solomon, but there are other wise sages who have added their Proverbs to it. And God breathed through all of these people, and a final editor compiled it, and we have 31 chapters of Proverbs. God's wisdom given through these wise sages to help us to live life. Now, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to open them to Proverbs, the very first chapter. And the purpose of today's message is really to lay a foundation. I've called it the essentials. And this is going to tell you why the book of Proverbs was written and the essentials that we are to have in order to live a life that would be successful from God's standpoint. And these are the essentials that I believe every one of us needs to to attain towards, okay? Things that we need to do, things we need to have, and when you do this, you're going to have a great life, okay? Now, if you look in the very first verse, it says the Proverbs of Solomon. You come to the word proverb. Now, it's very interesting what that word proverb means. The word proverb is related to a word that means to represent, to be like. Now, think about this just a minute. A proverb, it's a it represents something it is to be like. It is a little model of reality, a small verbal representation of some aspect of our daily lives. And what I mean by that is you take a proverb, you read it, you meditate on it, you look at it from all its different angles, and then once you begin to understand it, you then live it out. It's like you can explore a real-life situation within the virtual reality of a proverb and get an idea of how things are going to work out. 
So before you step into a situation, read Proverbs. And when you read Proverbs, pick out that proverb, study it, meditate, look at it from the different angles, and then say, okay, I think this gives me the direction that I'm supposed to go on. Let me give you an example, all right? Proverbs chapter 10. Look, at, I think it's Proverbs 10, 9. Proverbs 10, 9 says this. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Just an example. You've got to make a decision. And somebody's asking you to do something that's not quite right. And you know it. But then you're thinking, hey, other people do it, and it's okay. So should I do it or should I not do it? Let's just say you pull this proverb out. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Now let me just think about that. If I'm walking in integrity, I walk securely. It means I don't have to keep checking over my shoulder for someone to come and say, hey, you did something wrong, you're going to be punished, or me to get called to the carpet for doing something wrong. The back end of that says, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. So am I going to take a chance? Do I think I can get away with it? Probably not. So I think about it, meditate on it, and then I can make my decision. Now, what is so great about something like this is this gives you exactly what you need to make your decision. Do the right thing. Now, if you do the wrong thing, you already know what's going to happen. But at least this helps you out and gets you squared away. Um, just a, a kind of an interesting illustration is, is I was doing preparation. I was reading through the book of Proverbs, okay? So I'm reading through the book of Proverbs, and I'm going through like a chapter at a time and uh, just to see how it relates to life. We just recently moved out of our house and moved to a different house. Anybody that's done moving knows that's a hassle, okay? And, uh, you know, packing all the boxes, getting everything done, it's just so time-consuming. And so I had laid out the calendar to where Memorial Day weekend was just dedicated to packing boxes and doing the last thing, going over that last hurdle, and everything was cleared off the calendar. And, you know, we love our daughter just as you love your kids, but sometimes they pick the most inopportune times to show back up. You ever notice that? And it's kind of like family and friends. The ones you hadn't seen for years decide to come the one day you really don't want to see them. And so all of a sudden, Lauren gives us a phone call and says, hey, I'm going to be coming through, going to go visit some folks in Mississippi, and I've got my two labs, dogs, I want to drop off and y'all take care of them for like two or three days and then we'll be back. It was right during my packing time. It was right during that, that time. I got to tell you, maybe I'm not a good dad, but I didn't really want to see her at that particular time, you know? I started thinking about it, and I'm going, oh, no, I'd love to see my daughter, but the two dogs, the big dogs, you know, and uh, I said, well, <sighs> so I was reading Proverbs that next day, and this is what came up, Proverbs 14, it says, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox, let me just put this into my language, oxen. Big dogs, okay? Big dogs. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. For sure the manger is clean. Not only is the manger clean, but the backyard's clean. Uh, and the front yard's clean. <laughs> and there's no hair all in the house. And there's no poop all in the yard. And, and everything's like I want it. And then I saw the second part. But abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. And he said, you know what? The ox, 
They may make a mess, but man, there's abundance there. And God just hit me in the head and said, Danny, come on. You get to spend time with Lauren. Dogs are good dogs. They love you. It's going to be a good weekend. Closed my Bible. In fact, I called Janice in. I said, I've worked it out. Bring them on. I'm fired up on it. Changed my whole attitude on there. Just the way that Proverbs can work. And it was a great visit. We had a great time with Lauren. Had a great time with the dogs. Proverbs speaks to life. Life situations. So this is what the world says. The world says, hey, live and learn. But what God says is learn and live. Learn from me and then live. You don't have to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. What you can do is read God's word, look what he has to say, learn from him, and then live. And there's no better guide than to go to this. And there are some great Proverbs. I just want to share one that pretty well summarizes the whole book that I want you all to know. And this is it. Proverbs 16:31. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. So I just kind of just wanted to share that with you. And why don't we just close in prayer? That wraps her up. All right. Okay. Let's take a, let's take a look at, um, uh, at, at, at this section. And there's two things we want to deal with today. First of all is the priority. The priority. Now, in you looking, if this guide to life, these essentials, the priority is found in verse 7, and that is the fear of the Lord. In verse 7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You can substitute the beginning of wisdom. And this is where our journey begins. The book is framed with the fear of the Lord. Verse 7, it says, the fear of the Lord, beginning of wisdom. If you turn to the end of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 31, when he's talking about the virtuous woman, you get to verse 30, which is the next to last verse of Proverbs, and it says this, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Fear the Lord at the beginning, fear the Lord at the end. It frames the whole book. So the priority of all of this Proverbs is the fear of the Lord. So what is the fear of the Lord? Well, a lot of times we look at the fear of the Lord, we think about the awe, which it is. There is an awe when we come into the presence of God. But it is also knowing Him and an eagerness to please Him. And a willingness to turn from evil and to keep His commandments. Because we know who He is, and when we come into His presence, we're not just awed and it stops there. We are in awe of him, but then there's this eagerness to please him. There's this desire to keep his commandments. And and when we have this reverence to God, it just builds our confidence and it flows into everyday life. And our motivation is not a list of do's and don'ts, but it goes from the deep springs of my heart to say, God, I want to do these things because of my love for you. I just don't want to be a list checker. I want to do this because I love you. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. It is where there's an awe for him, there's an eagerness to please him, and to do the things that bring him joy. You see, a life of wisdom is not just good sense. It's not just a list of principles for a happy life. It's above all an attitude toward God that influences all our decisions and actions. It's not just right living, but it's developing a righteous character. We want what only God can do for us in our life. 
And the fear of the Lord is how we receive it. You see, the fear of the Lord is both a doorway and a pathway. It is a doorway to where we come into a relationship with him. It is that doorway to just like you saw eight people here who one time in their life made the decision to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. They understood that their lives are separated from God because of their sin. They've understood that they are, are away from God. And they had a desire to come into a relationship with him. And they understood that Jesus Christ died for their sins and was risen from the dead. And he conquered sin. He conquered death. And so they made their decision to say, I'm going to trust Christ as my Savior, the Lord of my life. When they did, they then took a step of obedience in baptism. But it was when they walked through that doorway, when they said, I receive Christ as my Savior, then God put them on this pathway to live. Many of you have gone through the doorway, and now as you're trying to go down this pathway, it is a pathway that is full of wisdom if we will do the things that we're going to talk about today. And that is, first of all, you've got to have an awe and a fear of the Lord and go down that pathway. But the very end of that verse, it says, fools despise wisdom and instruction. You see, fools are not those who cannot learn. They are those who choose not to learn. So he makes it very clear here. You can either be a wise person or you can be a fool. And guess what? You get to make the choice. Nobody else can choose it for you. You make it. You choose which pathway you want to go. And you start out with the fear of the Lord, then all of a sudden you've gone through the doorway, down the pathway, heading towards wisdom. Or you can take another road and not and refuse wisdom, refuse instruction, and become a foolish person. All right, so let's get on for the guide for our life. Let's walk down that pathway. Here are the particulars. These are the particulars that we need to know. Number one, we need to know wisdom. Verse two, to know wisdom. That's the first thing. These sages have come together. They're the brightest of the brightest, and they're writing down these Proverbs. And they said, these are the Proverbs that we have for you so that you can, boom, know wisdom. Know wisdom. Now, here's the definition of wisdom that uh, I'll take just a moment. You may want to write this down. There's a lot of words to it, but it's good stuff. All right. Wisdom is skill and competence that understands how life really works. There's something about a wise person. They, they really understand how life works, and that's skill and it's competence, leading to high-quality decisions that produce healthy results for ourselves and others. That's what a part of wisdom is. You see, wisdom is not just head knowledge. It is things that you do. And so go back, uh, go back David, to that. Uh, there you go. Leave that up for just a moment. And so, and so it is something that you do. And when you do this, it means you will produce the healthy results for ourselves and others. You're making good decisions. And when you make good decisions, it's good decisions for yourself and it's good decisions for others. It helps you know what to do in given situations. Have you ever just said, God, just give me wisdom. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. It helps you to know what to do in those situations. All right. Wisdom is more. Now we go. Wisdom is more than head knowledge. It is behavior acting wisely. It is acting wisely. This is written, uh, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, and it's written through a Hebrew mindset. And in the Hebrew mindset, whenever they say no wisdom, they mean you put instruction into practice. Never in the Hebrew mindset are they saying read more books, get more degrees, get more knowledge. It's not that at all. When they say that someone is wise, it means that they have put it in 
to practice. It is behavior. It is acting wisely. And according to the Bible, people can be called wise only when they behave wisely. Therefore, the chief claim of the book of Proverbs is to bring divine truth into proper focus, enabling us to look through God's eyes from his eternal, all-knowing point of view and then live accordingly. It is easy to put together one phrase. It is vertical wisdom for horizontal living. Vertical wisdom for horizontal living. When it says that we are to fear the Lord, we are to know wisdom to know wisdom means that I get wisdom from God. It is vertical wisdom. And once I get it through his eyes, he then lays it out for horizontal living. And that is what wisdom is. Not just getting in your head, but it is living it out. Wisdom doesn't happen in a spiritual vacuum. So I want to let you know this. Reading God's word is important, but that's not the only thing. You read other things. You stretch yourself. You read other things to where you can learn more about other things and gain more wisdom, but just filter it through your faith in God. So it's not just the Bible only. It's Bible, and there's all kind of things out there that we're to read and to learn to try to get us both our knowledge stronger, but then also filter it through our faith in God to develop our wisdom. Okay, number two. The second thing he says is to know wisdom and instruction. Accept instruction through discipline. Accept instruction through discipline. This word instruction, some of your translations will have the word discipline. It means the same thing. And so no one is born wise, okay? When you understand that you accept instruction through discipline, that when someone's born, wisdom is not a gift. It's not a spiritual gift. It's not just you were born and all of a sudden you were wise. When you came out of the womb and your parents held you, they did not say you are a wise baby, When I came out of the womb and my parents looked at me, my dad did not say he's a wise baby. In fact, he said he looked like your head had been hit by a shovel is what he told me. (laughs) And so my early years, he called me shovel head. I appreciated that. Uh, It just was a a genetic gift of mercy that got passed down throughout the family. But, um, but, But he did not sit there and say, this is one wise baby over here or this is a wise child. It, you know, you don't get born into it. But you have to accept instruction, and when it says instruction, it's a word that means discipline, which means you get chastened, you get reproved, and usually some of the best lessons we learn are those when, uh, when we've done something, and, and maybe it wasn't the right way to do it, and we had to get chastened, or God had to discipline us and get us back into line. But when that happens, you can either accept it or reject it. He says the key to wisdom is you accept that instruction. Uh, look at Proverbs 19.20. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Listen to advice, accept the instruction, you may gain wisdom in the future. You listen to it and you need to accept it. And sometimes it can be hard. Uh, when I came, uh, graduated from Auburn, I went to work at South Central Bell. I was in headquarters. Uh, it, was a flo- it was a building of 28 floors. I was on 24th floor in marketing. Uh, I was 21 years old. I didn't know anything that I was doing, and they didn't know what to do with me. Uh, marketing was new, and they just thought they'd hire some people and put them in there, and, and let's see what happens. 
we were introducing a concept that is going to blow some of you away, especially you younger people. You be ready. This is exciting. We were introducing something called phone center, which means that you could unplug your phone, take it to another room, and plug it in. You say, oh, it's always been that way. No, Sam knows back there. It's not always been that way. Everything is hardwired. You say, hey, uh, I like my phone here. I'd love to put it over here. Call a repairman. He's got to come out there, rewire, and move it over there. But we were going to do something new. And so I was on the cutting edge back in 1975 of us coming up with this idea to where we were going to do an unplug thing. And you could go to a store and Get your phone and carry it home and install it yourself. You just plug it in. It was an incredible concept. But it was new to everyone in the company. And so I was working with a team from five different states there up in headquarters. And every one of those guys was twice my age. And I'm the leader of the team trying to, to get us to be able to introduce this throughout the five states. And so I've been with the company probably about less than a year. I'm, I'm bumping on 22 years of age. And they said, you need to make a presentation to the leaders of, the, of South Central Bell and explain phone center concept to them. And so sure enough, I was the guy that was supposed to do that. And my whole team, we went up the elevator to the 28th floor. We'd never seen the 28th floor before. It's like the doors open and went, oh, ooh, ah. And we walk into this room, and we walk in this huge conference room, and there's Cecil Bauer. I mean, he, he's, the, he's the head of South Central Bell. You only see his picture in the annual report. You, you never see him. And then sitting around the table are all the vice presidents there. And it's an intimidating environment because they kind of keep the lights a little bit low. It was, it's kind of like an interrogation. And, and so my team sat over here and I stood up and I had my trusty little uh, kind of, you know, slide projector thing to do my presentation. And they says, you're up. And so I'm speaking and it's like almost like a, a smoky dark room of people that I'm talking to and the lights are down and I'm going through this thing and I'm, I'm really flying. We're doing good. And, and uh, I showed them how it's all going to work and, and, uh, and then they'll go and they pick up their phone and stuff. And, and then I said, I said, and then, um, when, when we get the phone center set up, then, uh, what we'll do is we'll establish the policies for how we will handle these things. And Cecil Bauer speaks up. What'd you say, son? I said, then what we will do in, in, our, in our phone center is that we will set up the policies for, son, nobody sets policies in this company but the board of directors and the vice presidents. You don't set policy. Your team doesn't set policy. Your little phone centers don't set policies. No one sets policy except for the board of directors. I looked over to my team. They have all moved into the shadows. There is no help from anyone. So here I am. So I just said, like I was saying, what the administrative group will do in our phone centers is we will set up the procedures for how we're going to act on so-and-so and so-and-so. Then he nodded. I remember walking out of that meeting and everybody said, hey, let's go to lunch. I said, go to lunch? I was just eating for lunch. <laughs> I don't want to go to lunch over there. But do you know what? In the next 40 years, I've never misused the word policy and I've always gotten procedures right. <laughs> that has stayed with me. Now, that happened to me just at work. Sometimes God does the same thing to us to where he's got to kind of slap us a little bit and say, 
head in the wrong direction. This is what you need to do. What it's saying with Proverbs and to be a wise person over here, you need to accept instruction through discipline. Okay? Number three, learn discernment. Learn discernment. Verse two says to know wisdom and instruction to understand words of insight. It's interesting. The Hebrew word understand means to separate or to make distinct. Discernment or understanding is the ability to look at a situation and see all of its moving parts. And a discerning mind has the ability to think critically and distinguish truth from error to anticipate the likely con, uh, the conflicts and, and the choices and what all the consequences are going to happen of things. And that's what you want when you have discernment. See, look at this. You can think critically. You distinguish truth from error. You anticipate the likely consequences on any given choice. And he says, son, you need to know wisdom and instruction. You need to understand words of insight. And our desire is to be able so discerning that we can look at something and begin to see the moving parts of it. And that insight is really means when the non-obvious can become obvious. When the non-obvious can become obvious. How many of you have ever watched the TV show Monk? Anybody ever, ever watched Monk? Yeah, we got some Monkettes out here. Um, you know, Monk, he's the guy, the uh, detective, that uh, he's just got these quirks about him, but yet he walks onto a crime scene and he sees things that no one else sees. But it was there. It just wasn't real obvious. And then he would say something and they go, oh, I hadn't seen that. That's what insight is. That's what discernment is. And so part of the practical guidelines, part of the essentials that what God wants us to have, he says, listen, I want you to have wisdom. I want you to be able to accept instruction. But see, I want you to learn discernment. I want you to be able to look at a situation, and as you look at it, I want you to break the parts down and be able to make the right decisions. Number four, humbly receive instruction in wise and righteous behavior. That is found in verse three. It says to receive instruction in wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity. This is one of the essentials for us in life, is to humbly receive instruction in wise and righteous behavior. I love the word receive. The word receive carries the idea of mobility, something that you would take with you. Now, see, I love that because we're all on a journey of life. And it's saying that what you need to do is you need to receive instruction in wisdom, in how to live, how to be righteous, how to be just. And the things that you learn, you need to carry those with you. The things that you learn in church this morning, you carry with you. The things that you learn this next Thursday, something that God teaches you about wisdom, you take that and you carry that with you. And you carry all along life's journey. But also we introduce the humility factor. There are a number of times in the book of Proverbs where you'll see humble and humility. And it is stressed throughout. Proverbs 15.33 says this. It says, the fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom. You see, we talked about this. Fear of the Lord, instruction in wisdom. Look at the second half of this. And humility comes before honor. He puts together the fear of the Lord and he puts together humility. Simple humility and openness in receiving instruction provides the pathway for wise dealing, righteousness, justice, etc. Listen, in order to receive any instruction, you've got to be humble. 
In order for you to receive instruction from a superior, you've got to be humble. For you to receive instruction from someone beneath you or someone that that is a peer, there's got to be some humility. And it's the same way in our relationship with God. He says you need to humbly receive this. Humility comes before honor. You will not receive honor if you're prideful. You receive honor when you're humble. And because when you're humble, that's when you begin to gain wisdom. Look at Proverbs 11.2. 11.2 says this. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. When pride comes, comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. I read this. You know what jumped out at me? Is that uh, there are times when, um, when people may want to partner with you. They want to get with you maybe in their business. It may be in other areas. They want to work with you. I think I would come and circle the humble part. Because if a person that's trying to work with you does not have humility, that might be something you may want to back away from. Because it says when pride comes in, then comes disgrace. Just thinking. These are ways that Proverbs can help us over here. So there needs to be humility. All right, number five is this. Establish direction and purpose in life. Look in verse four. It says to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Establish discretion and purpose in life. To give prudence. That word prudence is a word that means care and caution and wisdom and good judgment. So he's saying that uh, you do this for the simple. The word simple is a word that means naive. It doesn't mean that they're slow or dumb. It means they're naive. And usually people that are naive are younger people. Not, not knocking at you, but you just don't have life experience. That's why sometimes when someone older will tell you something, you go, wow, how did you know that? Through life experience. And so in the point when it's talking about that you need to set this direction for your life, one of the things that you want to do is to be careful and cautious when you make decisions. See, too often, sometimes, especially when we're young, we just say, hey, we need it. We go on after it. We don't care what the consequences are. And then all of a sudden, we get some bad consequences. What wisdom is telling us and what the book of Proverbs is saying here, he says, give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. He says, be cautious, be discerning, make good decisions. Don't rush into things too fast. Stop and think about the consequences, their deeds and their consequences. And what that can do is affect your whole direction of your life. These are some of the essentials. And it's good for all of us. To have caution and to have care when we make decisions. Number six, listen and learn continuously. Listen and learn continuously. In number in verse five, he says, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands to obtain guidance. Let the wise hear. You know what that means? The less you talk, the more wisdom you gain. And as you listen, you learn. It is listening and learning, and you do this continually. And, uh, and he talks about your increase in learning. We never arrive. We are to always be learning. We can talk to our young people and say, okay, guys, you need to learn these things. But for every one of us, senior adults and, and below, every one of us needs to be a continual learner. And this is what the Proverbs is saying. He says, you need to be continually learning, listening to people, learning from people. 
Because what you've learned today, if you want that to carry you next year, it's not going to happen. You got to keep learning on and on and on. Because what happens is God is going to send people in your pathway and he's going to help you to obtain guidance and we need to listen to them. So we need to remember this, learn and live. It's not live and learn. You got to learn and live and not just on your own. Okay. Too often we just go pell-mell into something, and when we do, we say, ooh, I'm learned from that. I, I got, that was a bad experience. Where in essence, what we should be doing is we should learn first, and then we live it out. Listen to others. There's some great people giving out great bits of wisdom. Too often we're too busy wanting to talk over them that we don't listen. Sit back and listen. You listen, and you learn, and you do this continuously. Well, let's say you do these. Then to me, you get to the big goal, and that's number seven, and that's this. You become wise and guide others. How cool would that be? Verse six says, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. So what happens is you get to the point where you understand the wise, to where all of a sudden, when you hear wise people speak, you're going, I understand that. That makes sense to me. I see where you're coming from. And you begin to take that, and you internalize it, and then guess what you get to do? You then get to go to others and be a guide to them and say, let me guide you in these areas of wisdom. You see, Proverbs is a guide to life. It's instructions for living. And it is a book that as we go through it, it's going to help us to determine how we can live along with others. Well, let me see, as we go on with the playing, the, the flying motif, let me land this by showing you two verses here. I go back to Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15:33 says, the fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor, okay? So I'm looking here, and I realize that the fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom. And then look at Luke 2:52. When it talks about Jesus, it says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. What do you think about those two verses? Fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom. And it says here, Jesus increased in wisdom. That means as he increased in wisdom, he increased in, in his awe of, of his heavenly father. He was there with the father. He was wanting to please him in all of his life. And as he was pleasing him in his life, he increased in wisdom. And guess what happened when he increased in wisdom? He increased in favor with God and man. He increased in favor with God and man. And so when we talk about this being a guide to life and instructions for living, it is where if we seriously take the fear of the Lord, then we will increase our wisdom. As we increase in wisdom with the fear of the Lord, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be in better favor with God and you're going to be in favor with others. And how great is that? To know that you're going to be in favor with your heavenly father and at the same time you're going to be in favor with others. Your spouse, your kids, your parents, your co-workers. You're going to be in favor with them because you're living this godly, wise life. You want to be there? It's right there for you. It's right there in this book. It's an instruction manual. And I want to challenge each one of us to do this. This is going to be my challenge to you. During the summer, I want to encourage you to read through the book of Proverbs. Maybe not just once. You could read it through about two or three times through this summer. Today is the seventh. 
I would encourage you today, before today is over, start with Proverbs chapter 7. And then on the 8th, go to Proverbs 8. On the 9th, go to what? Proverbs 9? That makes sense? Yeah. And, and just go all the way around. And then you just go right through the book of Proverbs. You'll finish it in June, July, and we go through August. And take a chapter a day and to read the book of Proverbs. I, I think that your life will be different because of it. And I think each one of us is going to learn not only how we're going to be closer to God, but how we're going to get along even better with each other. Okay? Let me ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And I thank you so much, Lord, for, uh, for how you've laid out the book of Proverbs to give us some guidelines for life and instructions for life. And so I pray that, that even at this moment right now, that you begin to speak into each one of our hearts and, um, and help us to make that internal commitment to say, Lord, I want to read what you have for me in the book of Proverbs. I want, you to, I want to do that during the summer. And Lord, I want you to constantly remind me. I want it to be on the forefront of my mind. I want it to be the first thing that I do when I get up or else the last thing that I do before I go to bed. And, and I want to go through and read this and I want to be able to bring it into my life. And Lord, I want to pray for those here who, as we've talked about the fear of the Lord and we talk about a doorway and a pathway, those that have never gone through that doorway, that today you would speak to their heart and let them know that you have such a desire to have a relationship with them. And that once they have that relationship with you, then this whole vista opens as to what life can be all about and what your purpose is for their life. And so, Lord, that's our prayer today. Pray that your spirit moves in our hearts and challenges us. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.